Okay, why don't we welcome people back to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Moore, with my co-host, Simon Nets Nation, are you ready for the Lakers to reap what they sowed? We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And as always, Simon, we have an action-packed show for you, (laughs) (laughs) our beloved listener. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I had a a fun little game I wanted to play with you to kick things off Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, You know I like to uh, do a little icebreaker to start things off. Get get familiar with one another. Right, right. Get the juices flowing. Get the the nets banter. Calisthenics. Exactly. So what I'm going to do... To kick us off here, Simon, is mm-hmm. I am going to read one, two, three, four, five, six Nets headlines, okay? Okay. And I want you to tell me, is this a Nets Daily headline, or is this a headline that I made up? Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Interesting. Okay. Can you, can you handle the tooth? Yes, I'm ready for the tooth, baby. Okay, so what... Simon's going to be doing is playing that game. What you are going to be doing is witnessing ice being shattered right now, okay? <laughs> this is an icebreaker. I don't ice think you know what an icebreaker is. <laughs> this is an icebreaker to end all icebreakers. This is the Titanic, okay? Well, it didn't really break the icebreaker. No, did the, 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 the ice the, broke it. <laughs> this is the anti Titanic yes, right okay. here. Right, we shattered the iceberg. We just obliterated the iceberg. No damage to our ship. Exactly. She brought everyone home safe <laughs> yes, and sound. Yeah. Including John Jacob Astor, who Hillary <laughs> and I like talking about. <laughs> Listeners, we don't expect you to know that. Yeah, but let's, do know. let's keep those two those conversations to, to you two. Is right. he the the, the maker you, of the ship? The no, he crafter? was just a, he was one of the wealthiest men in New York. He was a real estate tycoon. Uh, uh, there's the John Jacob Astor Reading Room and the New York Public Library. Astor Place, right? There's Astor Place. They're all over this stinking town, those asters. But what we're doing, Simon, is we're shattering some ice together. Okay. First headline, real or fake. Okay. The underappreciated development of Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Real or fake? Uh, fake. Real. That really? Was, that was published by Net Income May 2, 2018. Wow. So pretty late in Rondé's career as a net. Sure, that was, yeah, his last year. Um, Believe it or not, I think his development was as appreciated as it should have been, (laughs) which is to say they got rid of him. Poor Rondé. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Okay, next one. Real or fake? Can you see the culture from afar? Question mark. Archie Goodwin thinks you can. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's real. Yeah. So in on June twenty second, twenty seventeen, there was a Nets Daily article about how Archie Goodwin like saw what was happening with the Nets, the the culture that Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks were developing, and wanted to be a part of it, and th- thought that that was going to be the place where he could thrive. Right. It was also the only place that was picking up his calls. Yes. He. Can you see the contract from afar? Because <laughs> it's the only contract anywhere in your horizon. That is so amazing. It reminds me. So this is this exercise is so helpful because it reminds me. Uh, that like, no matter what happens, Nets Daily will always be like this. They will always be like, can you the 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 hidden um, benefit of Kevin Durant shattering both his legs and like <laughs> James Harden not signing and leaving for nothing and we don't have any draft picks. Isn't this incredible? The <laughs> right. unbelievable like luck we've had. 
to be able to get somebody like uh, Archie Goodwin's son to to join us for what is sure to be an even better journey than we had when right. But, hey, has has Rodney Hollis Jefferson seemingly gotten worse since his rookie year? <laughs> That's because you you're underappreciating his development. <laughs> Are we? Nets Daily, are it's we? It's unbelievable. It's un- and you know these other SB Nation blogs. Do, yeah. You don't have to be like this as no. an SB Nation blog. You There's can have some a little quite acerbic yeah. uh, SB Nation blogs out there. This is our little slice of Lobo level insanity. Yes, complete sycophancy. Yes. Um, all right. Next headline: Real or fake? Isaiah Whitehead: colon, Steal of the draft. Uh, I'm gonna say real again. <laughs> that's a fake. Oh, that's one. I, okay, that's okay. one I, I I crafted okay. for us. Okay, that's a good one. Um, next one. Damari Carroll is the gift that keeps on giving for Brooklyn. Uh, I'm gonna say real. That is a March eighth, two thousand nineteen post. Now. I liked Damari Carroll. Yes, I thought yes. he was a great fit on the team. He was much better than he was on a huge contract in Toronto where he really disappointed people. But I would never have called him the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, thank God we have Damari Carroll. This is so, so great. Right. A guy who, before he was here, was borderline unplayable. After he was here, was unplayable. But yes, on one of the worst teams in the NBA, was perfectly he fine was, as a savvy guy. Yes, he and I, yes, I, sh- I should say, I, w- I was glad to have him. He was, he was important. I don't want to yeah, undersell that. But yes, in 2019 in particular, when he was on his last NBA legs... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not long for this league after that. All right, next one. DeAndre Jordan still has plenty left in the tank. Um, I'm actually going to say that's fake. You got can, it. Can I tell you why I know that's fake? Because uh-huh. there's one exception to everything we've been talking about in terms of love. I genuinely think that even net income cannot bring himself <laughs> to be pro-DeAndre. No, you got it. You, you sniffed me out on that yeah. one. But I had to get some mm-hmm. shot at DeAndre. Mm-hmm. And final one, real or fake, Simon, is Justin Hamilton Brooklyn's mystery man? <laughs> That's real. That, that has is to fucking be real. real. You could never come up with something like <laughs> July that. July no 29th, the heart of free agency, 2016. We have an article celebrating the signing of seven-foot wunderkind Justin Hamilton, the sharpshooter who somehow slipped through the cracks. That was 2016? 2016. That is a long time ago. Yeah. He was gone by 2017. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if he, not he was, 2016. He was, uh, even on that roster, he might have been my least favorite. Nick. I had so much faith that he was going to get better. <laughs> As you said, I think recently on a podcast, there was like the article about how he got his eyes fixed. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, that, that was it. That bottom of course of you can't hit a three if your <laughs> eyes aren't fixed. <laughs> yeah. But his eyes are fixed yeah, now. Yeah, and that, that was the problem. Not that he had completely manufactured that he could ever hit a three. Where do you think Justin Hamilton is today? Do you think he's playing overseas? I do. I think he's probably playing uh, overseas. Coaching staff. Let's see. Always fun to do a bit of Googling. Oh, hey, he's a... Oh, he was Croatian, American. Oh, okay. Do you know that? No, I did not know that. Um, his current team. You're right. He's still playing. He's playing for the Beijing Ducks. Mm, perfect place. For I hope his eyes are still fixed. <laughs> He's been with them since he left Brooklyn in 2017. He's been with the Beijing Ducks. Hey, all right. He's carved Uh, out a role for himself. Yeah. Tip of the hat to Justin Ham. Probably, like, the perfect, like, the exemplary player for, like, bottom of the bucket, uh, bottom of the barrel, like, lowest point of Nets history when we had to care a lot about Justin Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're in a very different place now. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the f- the inaugural edition of Headline Real or Fake. Yes, yes, that was fun. Um, feel free to uh, come up with some on your own, Simon. Try to fool me <laughs> okay. if uh, you're ever interested. 
I'll just keep doing them for you. It's okay. Um, all right, let's get to some Nets news before we get to a really packed agenda where we compare Nets to summer treats, which I can't wait for Simon to explain to you in more detail. Uh, we're going to hit up a mailbag, and we are, of course, going to hit up a restaurant because we promised we would last time. Right. Um, we got some news. First bit of news, Simon, if and when we attend a Nets game next season. It will be in a sea of vaccinated people, and vaccinated people only, all of whom will have no masks. Um, how do you feel um, about the announcement? Do you think, one, it really will be all vaccinated people, or do you think it's just like the TSA where it's um, mm. like like security theater? Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. I mean, also, like, people have fake vaccination passes, like, and then, yeah, it's, I mean, these things are always, like, last year, right, there was all of this, like, if you, if you read Barclays Center, like, website, you'd think, like, it was the most, like, it was basically run by the CDC. Like, they're like, oh, we have these filtration systems, and we have, you know, spaces between the, the you know everywhere you go we're we're maintaining social distance blah 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 and like you get there and it's like oh yeah they put like a, a trash bag over one urinal like <laughs> there's no and and like people are just the first behaving few games the were were legit limited like you could they, like so many of the seats were blocked off yeah you yeah sit by oh one yeah another. that was dark. but by the playoffs yeah, yeah. it was like no, it was no it was complete uh, yeah it was being like just like being at a game right uh, which you know. What a, at a certain point we have to. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta suck it up, folks. You gotta rip the bandaid off. No, but yeah, totally. Well, so yes, so I think probably vast majority of people will be vaccinated. I don't know what the um, the max the mask. Uh, I mean, I feel like CDC guide, guidelines with Delta is like you should be masked in an indoor place. But you know, what am I? I don't, you know. Unless you're eating, drinking, or cheering for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, moving on because really no one wants to hear more about um, the vid, as I heard it referred to recently. Oh, okay. Uh, Cam Thomas signs a deal with Adidas. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay. Right? Yeah, tell us. Tell us. Well, why. I I think I mean I it's definitely the first rookie of the Nets that's I mean since our time being super fans at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would I would I would I'm pretty confident that since they are the Brooklyn Nets, they've never had a rookie who's had any kind of shoe deal. Um, right. Yeah, like would, who else would that be? Jared I, I Allen wouldn't have no. gotten one. Yeah, or Karis or yeah. Karis definitely not. So um, Isaiah White had yeah, yeah, no. no. Um, so I definitely think he's the first rookie to to have a shoe deal, uh, which I think is significant, and the only the second by my calculations of any kind of player besides a star, besides your Kyrie's, your KD's, um, your Harden's. Um, to have a, a shoe deal. Uh, Karis had one, I think, the f- the last year he was here with, with Jordan. D'Lo had something. Did he? With okay. Nike. Uh, mm. Also, Spencer had it. Remember, he was producing his own he shoe? He had his own shoe, but that doesn't count. That, that's <laughs> Where not he a shoe designed deal, every he, yes, uh, a different yes. shoe for every single game? Yes, I didn't hear much about that the next year. It seems like probably that was an enormous cost. Uh, for gamblers out there, I, who are who are interested in an over under hot take? I would hammer the under on the Washington Wizards this season. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of hype about how they're going to be relevant and good, and Spencer Dinwiddie is just as good as Russell Westbrook, and blah 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 blah. blah. I have a strong suspicion that Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to be the difference. Like, I feel like he has been aggrandized in people's memories and and always just like oh he didn't have the right role in Brooklyn he could have been great but there were like injuries or they had to play D'Lo in front of him or something like if he's just unleashed on his own team then he's going to show that he's like a top 10 point guard in the league I have never and will never believe that he is a top 10 who? top 20 or even really top 30 point guard in who the NBA. is he uh, who is saying this I've, I've not heard I've not oh I've heard a ton of people hmm. like uh, Kevin O'Connor is real high really? Them, uh, 
Um, Danny LaRue thinks he's great. Yeah, a ton of people think that he is going to somehow Big Waz also likes him, too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of people who probably have spent very little time actually watching Spencer Dinwiddie play. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're excited. Are you going to try to get a pair? Do you think he's, well? He's, you don't necessarily have signature shoes. Yeah, he shoes doesn't have a signature shoes yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's it's like I think it's like instead of getting a uh, like a a stipend or whatever from your team to go and buy whatever shoes you want. Uh, in this case, Adidas pays him and says, "Here, pick pick from these shoes." But yeah, they're not the the Cam Thomas ones or whatever. Right. Okay. The Air Cam. The Air Cam. The uh, Adidas Cam, cam, cam shoes first. Right. Right. Uh, all right, so Simon, you brought to my attention just before this podcast that an article has come out about the DeAndre Jordan contract. Mm. Uh, tell us about the article, and then 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 let's talk a little DJ. Okay, sure. So, folks, uh, as we talked about on our last podcast, uh, DeAndre, bless his heart, is uh, no longer a net. And uh, that um, has led to Jake Fisher, who mostly a Bleacher Report, I feel like, has been given a lot of uh, cred out there um, very recently. Very recently burst onto the scene with with some sort of insider cred. But I, I wouldn't put him in the same league as, as your shams. I think he, is he the guy who just wrote the book on tanking? Yeah. Huh. Is he a big? Is he a no? But apparently, I've I've heard I listened to an interview with him, and yeah, he said he's just starting to get into like the news breaking game, which he sort of enjoys. But he is definitely like a credible okay. insider type guy. Okay. He's not he's not a shams and he's not a woge, but he's like an actual big ish reporter who has a lot of ins in the in the league. So he okay okay well that kind is good like that's us. helpful kind of like context us. yes like us. Come on the show, Jake. We can talk as equals. <laughs> uh, um, so he he mentioned on some sort of I don't think I don't know if it was a podcast or something or other, but he was talking with um, Alex Schiffer, a uh, friend of the show uh, from the <laughs> Athletic, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, friend of me of the show. Um, forced that that he he confirms. That the Nets were forced to take on DeAndre, they were willing to give him a two-year. Con- they were comfortable giving him a two-year contract. Yeah, and then um, the Kyrie and KD camps uh, informed them that they were comfortable taking giving him a four-year deal. Um, so, uh, and and interestingly, he says, and he's vague about this, but he says, "quote." that this contract has been a source of tension and something that's bubbled beneath the surface for a long time now as well. Now, he doesn't say... He didn't elaborate on, like, who the tension is with. Is it with, like, Joe Psy and Kyrie and KD? Is it between uh, Sean Marks and Kyrie and KD? Unclear. But there's some kind of... Or maybe DeAndre and Sean Marks or something because he felt it was a grudging four-year contract because it was... It's insane from the jump. Who who? As soon as it was signed, it I, was unbelievable. I was into it. Uh, I will admit, I was. I thought that it was going to be fine, and and if you know the, the the after the two years was over, that we would it would be easy to dump, even if it was bad. Um, but I was wrong. Uh, yes, I I had thought that because I'm doing what the Lakers fans are doing, by the way. Which is looking at his stats mm-hmm. and being like, okay, these are fine. Like yeah. the, the the stats themselves were like it were coming Poor out of the Lakers fans, Mavericks. and now Mark Gasol, yeah, uh, is retiring. Yeah, so that means they're going to start Dwight Howard and have DeAndre Jordan as the backup center if they don't make AD play five. Yeah, that yeah. is well. So, not a good look and, for them. And that is something I, I actually just want to quickly. This will be quick, but. I don't know if you found it annoying. For, for, for whatever reason, I find it annoying the way that the Lakers fans have all jumped on the DeAndre bandwagon. And I say this totally understanding what it feels like to 
obsess over the end of your roster in a mm. weird way. Like, you know, we're all Seco Dumboya fanatics now. <laughs> we all like I'm I'm I think Paul Millsap is going to be a, a big difference maker. We we all do this at the end of our rosters to players that are probably never going to matter. But yeah. Um, the way they're doing it with DeAndre to me is still annoying because so, like, like what, what are they saying? Well, they're just like, well, they, you know, the, I don't want to hear from any Nets fans about how like DeAndre sucks because you know he's the only one who is going in there banging and getting rebounds. They just don't want that. They're a total finesse team and like, you know, they're they're they were misusing him and and you know he's 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 gonna be you know uh, he's gonna be. Good for us, uh, rebounding toughness, you know, whatever. And I, I just, what's annoying to me about this particular thing is that he is so not a fan favorite. He is yeah. so not a fan <laughs> favorite. Like, second and boy, you can look on the, you know, you can find Pistons people who are or Pistons fans who are like, yeah, you know, he was fine. You know, I don't think anyone's like crying over losing. Right, they him. were upset about like, losing Bruce Brown too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 any of the, you know, like or or we could say like Jeff Green, that sucks. Like, they, they, hats off to the to the uh, Nuggets. I think that would be good. So it's not like any player we, you know, is is right. You're instantly you like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but DeAndre was instantly a fan um, hate. A, a, a fan disfavorite. Right. Because no. he doesn't hustle. He, he, like, is very lackadaisical. And, like, maybe he'll change on the Lakers. Christian Winfield of the Daily News thinks he will. But I don't know if you're, like you've said before, like, if playing with your two buddies on a championship-level team doesn't motivate you, right. you suck. Right. <laughs> Who have both, like, objectively sacrificed mm-hmm. something for you to be there. They both right. took less money for you to be on the team, and you still can't bother to try at all defensively. It's, yeah, it's really bad. I mean, what the Laker, what the Lakers deserve is something comparable to what happened to the Nets, where their like prized, exciting young player gets um, has to be traded because of DeAndre. <laughs> like if Talon Horton Tucker has to leave the team because he, they're like duplicative skills of him and him and DeAndre Jordan, that would be justice, you know. Like they fortunately don't have a really good young center who's going to be fucked by his presence. They have a really old center who is still at least better than DeAndre Jordan because literally every center in the NBA is better than DeAndre (laughs) Jordan. But it would be in a just universe. They would have just drafted like a spra like a like a Dayron Sharp or something like that, you know, who would they would have to cut because they got because they got DeAndre Jordan. Anyway, enjoy it. Uh, I think their team immediately got worse uh, when, as particularly when Marcus All left. And uh, while you know I, I do want to see LeBron succeed, I think um, <laughs> we have a much better chance now that DeAndre seems to probably be in line to get real minutes for that team. Yeah. Not a good situation. All right, Simon, it is time now to do some ad reading. Okay, I'm ready. At, this is exciting. Yeah, we're going to do an ad read together, uh, and it's probably going to take about a minute and a half. So take that information for whatever it's worth. <laughs> I'll get us started with that intro paragraph. Simon, the first Sunday the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. But just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly. When they bet at least $1 on any football game, DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week 
one game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Simon, who do you call? You gotta call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome back, folks, and have we ever got a second half of a podcast for you? We are about to delve into the sick and twisted mind (laughs) of Summer Simon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Simon, you text or emailed the following to me, and then I'll let you expound a bit on it. Okay. Before I forget... (laughs) At some point, this is me be doing Simon. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. How do you think it's... Am I doing a good job? That's pretty good. Meeker. Meeker. <laughs> Meeker. More apologetic. <laughs> I didn't hear a sorry. <laughs> More Pisces. <laughs> Uh, before I forget, at some point in the offseason, I'd love to compare Nets to summer treats. Parentheses, bomb pops, ice cream sandwiches, etc. End. That's right, baby. Uh, Okay, so tell us what we're doing here. Okay, folks, listen, it's the summer, it's the off-season, and ratings are in the tank. And I know what you people want, and it's a summer treat lick down. Right? As the city turns to fall, what you're thinking of is what cool summer treat can you wet your beak with? Yeah, you got the time is running out. (laughs) <laughs> for a cool summer treat. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and compare nets, as I just said, to summer treats. Simon, this is your brainchild. Why don't you get her started? I got three. You got three? Wonderful. Okay, I'm going to start, William, with the Good Humor Bar, the Chocolate Eclair. Now, let me try... Chocolate Eclair? Yes. It's a. It's an ice cream? It's an ice cream wow. bar. Oh yes. Have you had one? Yes. Not only have I had one, William, I, they defined, along with another treat that's coming up, yeah. my, um, my experience in middle school and high school, I want to say, uh, Wednesday through Fridays, when I would come home from school and go to my um, dad's house. Where I would eat them, and <laughs> they were they were an incredible treat. They are they are coated in uh, the the top the the they're they're like little uh, cake uh, batter bits around a um, like popsicle type figure, and then below that is um, chocolate ice cream as well as vanilla ice cream, um, sort of mixed in a way that you get a bite of each. With every lick, um, and they're 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 incredible. But I here's the thing: I started to grow a little bit sick of them uh, after a while, and that's yeah. why this summer treat, the lick down, begins with Joe Harris. Oh, um, who you know again for the usual reasons he just a little worried about what he brings to the table if he's gonna um, shit the bed in the playoffs like he's not gonna defense he's not gonna get you a lot of rebounds steals those sorts of things you really need him hitting those shots and sucking the defense out to the three point line so um, you know had a wonderful ride with him Uh, hope to continue to but I'm starting to get a little late stage um, good humor bar eclair with with Joe Harris amazing I was not aware that they had turned an eclair into an ice cream but um, the inventiveness of US capitalism truly knows no bounds oh yes Uh, my first one is a Chaco taco <laughs> it's another cool treat, probably bought to you by Good Humor. I'm not sure the maker of the traditional Choco Taco. Have you had a Choco Taco? Uh, yeah, of course. So my favorite is the one that obviously the taco shell is like a waffle cone type material. Yeah. Um, but I like when it has a lot of nuts on the top of the Choco Taco. <laughs> <laughs> I like a nutty okay, that, Choco that's Taco. Your Choco Taco preference. But, sure. but anyway, uh, I find the Choco Taco to be. Um, surprisingly good. Mm. Okay? You don't think 
you know, dessert taco sounds very yeah, good. Yeah, that's right. It is surprisingly good. For me, that's Javon Carter. Hey, Javon <laughs> Carter the Choco Taco. My little Choco Taco. <laughs> A man who is much bigger than me, but I'll call him little right. Choco Taco. <laughs> Uh, That's it. I have no more rationalization Okay, okay, that. got yeah. it. Check, check a mundo. All yeah. right. Um, well, my next summer treat is the Good Humor Bar Strawberry <laughs> Shortcake. <laughs> this another... episode brought to you by <laughs> our friends at Good Humor. Mmm, Good Humor. Um, no, I, uh, again, another uh, treat that was waiting for me when I would, when I'd, uh, ride home f- with my dad. Strawberry my shortcake, place. They, they're like the coated in the, in the crusty. Yeah. Things. Same, yeah. same thing. Same, same exact same concept as the eclair we covered earlier, but with strawberry ice cream instead of chocolate. So vanilla and strawberry, it was unbelievable. It, it never ceased to satisfy. It is Kevin Durant. Uh, America's perfect good humor bar. <laughs> All right, my next summer treat, Simon. <laughs> I got nothing for you on that. My next one <laughs> is Nutcracker, Nutcracker. All right, it's a hot summer day, and you're a at the beach. Cra- oh, oh, you're at oh, the beach. Oh, boy, this is an adult. Yeah, uh, this is, we're getting adult. We're getting out treat. of we're getting out of mid school at your dad's house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You can turn the fan that's trying to get rid of the black mold off because we're heading to the beach, folks, Stingley Beach. And there's a man (laughs) coming by with a cooler full of nutcracker, which is... it's really a, it's a, it's it's got a single note right, and it's firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and uh, you know, unless you're in the market to get fucked up, you do not want to get a nutcracker. <laughs> okay, it, it knows one thing, and that is destroying any sense of reality that you had. Mm. Uh, similar to Cam Thomas, who only knows one thing, and that is to score. Ah, okay, perfect. score, score. Perfect. Cam Thomas is a little bit of nutcracker, nutcracker. <laughs> okay. My next, that is great. Uh, nutcracker. <laughs> um, my next one is, is by good humor. <laughs> is the legendary, and I mean legendary, ice cream sandwich. Okay. Um, not from a particular brand. I hate to say. I wish I could right. tell you the brand. I would say it has to be just like generic, like the tradition, what you think of an ice cream sandwich, yeah. not a fancy one, right? Right. Not like a good batch does an ice cream sandwich or no, something. No, no. Like yes. the black and white. Exactly. And it, yes. yeah, it's like it's a cookie, but it's not like a feels nothing like a cookie you've ever had. Yeah. Yes. And that, uh, you, you eat a... Um, a ice cream sundae, and I know, like you, you probably start off. I always start off like peeling it and keeping my hands mm-hmm. away from the yeah the uh, crumbly um, chocolate outer core. Um, but eventually, that becomes untenable. You put your hands all over that chocolate part, and you eat the entire sandwich. You enjoy the heck out of it. I love ice cream sandwiches, but you're left with a gross. Like chocolate film on your hand, um, and that chocolate film is the uh, DeAndre Jordan contract uh, <laughs> to an otherwise enjoyable star signing, I suppose. At least so far, we'll see. Um, that was a great ice cream sandwich with a bad chocolate film. Okay, my final one, my final summer treat is the air conditioner. <laughs> this is. This is a joke, people. What? I love this. Is an not air a lick down. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I, I think an an air conditioner is a magical thing. It makes everything better in the summer. Good lord! It does. You couldn't come up with three <laughs> actual summer treats. It's a you? treat. An air conditioner is a summer treat. Give me a bomb pop or an otter pop or a. Uh, Haagen-Dazs bar? Okay. We, you and I experience heat in different ways. Yes. Okay, so an air conditioner from is my, is my good humor chocolate eclair, okay? (laughs) 
It makes everything in life better, even if it slowly destroys both the world and makes our bodies completely <laughs> dependent on them because we lose all ability to regulate our own temperature. But anyway, I'm going to focus here on the part where they make everything better. Uh-huh. And the thing that makes everything better on the nets, the person who makes everything better on the nets, is James Harden. James Harden. There James Harden is my summer treat, my decadent summer treat, an air conditioner. An air conditioner. <laughs> Folks, I did not see his list before taping of this. I take no responsibility. Uh, by the way, William, what did you think of the um, photo I sent you of, of James Harden with Paris Hilton? Oh, my God. Are they uh, rumored to be a couple? I don't think so. I think they're both at um, Fashion Week. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. No, I have long, 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 long been, uh, <laughs> like, probably for as long as Cam Thomas has been on this earth. Yes, right. A exactly. fan yeah. and and oftentimes defender of Paris Hilton. Yes, yes. I think she has range as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't we... know her fragrances that well, but... <laughs> What was the movie that we saw it that was she was in for about movie. ten minutes? Right, yeah. the only horror movie that you, you this man <laughs> hates horror. We watched a horror comedy movie and it was too horror for him. <laughs> I, I braved it all for about eight minutes, maybe a combined four minutes of dialogue yeah, what was from that movie? from Paris Hilton, who was technically a character in that movie, though was hard it a to Rob say Zombie she starred movie? in it. No, I don't. House of Wax. Was that? 2005 okay. House of Wax. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that Robbie Z? No, that was directed by Jaume Colette Serra. Okay. Oh, it also had Alicia Cuthbert in it. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the great Alicia Cuthbert was outshone by... Uh, oh, absolutely. ...by the uh, radiant uh, beauty of I Paris I honestly Hilton. could not tell you one... One component of no, the <laughs> plot of that either. movie. I don't know. Uh, oh, it premiered at Tribeca. Holy hell! Yeah, well, with a director's name like that, you're you're gonna get at least a, an invite. To oh Tribeca. my god! Even just reading the plot summary on Wikipedia is freaking me out. <laughs> yes, it was a scary horror movie that you don't like. No, no, no. But anyway, she made it worth it. Yes. Yeah, so her and James Harden, I hope I hope it's more than just a coincidence that they were at the same place at the same time. I, I think that they would make a truly spectacular power couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they could uh, turn New York City upside down, have it in the palm of their hands, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Let's turn, Simon, to a mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Friend of the show, IRL Jay Z writes. It's three part, three parter. Uh, first part. Do the Lakers expect DeAndre Jordan to give them insider info on how we operate? Do we think they are looking for that organizational intel? Simon, is there any possible reason other than getting insider intel? That the Lakers, I know it sounds like their fans and, and even reporters are rationalizing the signing, but do you think, don't you think it's far more likely that IRL Jay-Z is onto something here and they're really just looking for some sort of insider black edge intel here? <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think that is possible. I mean, the guy's got an axe to grind, I'm sure. This was not a, a departure that he, um, that he, you know... Drew up when he when he signed his contract. Uh, he did not famously did not play in the playoffs at one second of the playoffs last year or um, the the very last part of the regular season. Um, so he's he's got plenty of grudges, and uh, you know something like this has got to strain the old friendship. Yeah, I so. hope I hope he and Kyrie at least can find common ground on being. Um, Shareholders in Beyond Meat together. Yes, that is my hope for their relationship. Uh, I can't. I I can't fathom why the Lakers would want him for any reason other than maybe if you meet them in the finals, he will be able to tell you a single thing that could potentially give you a slight slight edge because yes. it's certainly not his ability to play. Next part of the mailbag was in regard to our QAnon comments at the end of the last episode. 
Uh, he thinks that it should be taken seriously. Look at the damage the Tea Party did to American politics. Willing to concede that. I think a lot of my comments re-QAnon last time were... I was just talking at the end of a podcast. Didn't sure, didn't put a whole sure. lot of thought into it. Sure. Uh, final bit, and this one I thought was quite fun. Uh, looking forward to the playoffs, I'd be curious for y'all to dig a little bit into techniques that sports coaches use to help their players overcome mental hurdles and explore the methods that playoff Joey should be using. Simon, what I got a little bit of a little bit of a, a feeling of when I was thinking about this question mm-hmm. was that we were essentially being asked to become consultants. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A profession you and I both revere above all others. It, it really. is a life goal it is to a be life a consultant. Goal. We have genuinely talked, uh, the two of us and our friend John, have genuinely talked about starting a consultancy. I don't think we've genuinely talked about doing that. <laughs> we've <but>. drunkenly talked <laughs> about starting a consultancy. Sure, I would sure. love to do so because yeah. it is the most bullshit of all professions on <laughs> God's green earth. You are wildly overpaid to do oftentimes meaningless, if not downright harmful things to an organization. Um, yes, usually meaningless. Usually just pointless, yeah. yeah. But um, it seems to require very little other than uh, usually a degree from an elite institution. Yes, if you're McKinsey or whatever, yeah, you've got to... Right, but if you're, you know, you you can become a consultant, uh, maybe not in not at the the upper echelons of the Fortune 500, but in the in the sort of bottom feeder world of consultancy, we would likely go into. I think uh, I think we could get by with with what we've got. Sure. Um, so this anyway, this made me feel a little consultanty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. How did you go about approaching this question? Well, William, this game is 80% mental. You yeah. know it, I know it. The eclair knows yeah. it. Yeah. It, it's about uh, what's between the ears. It's, it's, it's all between the ears. Uh, particularly, it seems, I think that, that um, NBA uh, shooters, um, people like Joe Harris who are, who are out there for their their shooting are basically the equivalent of of pitchers in baseball, especially neurotic. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, apt to get rattled um, in, in certain situations. Um, and uh, you know, I I I I I took that to mean that that you know I, I think Joe Harris should here's what i would say to him i would say psychologically if your shot isn't falling why don't you try something else like why don't you like focus on you be like i'm gonna get this rebound no matter what or i'm gonna take this charge and i'm gonna do xyz thing that like gets you into contributing to the game in a way, it makes you feel like you're not just a waste of space out there, which is what I bet he felt, and I bet you know. And the more I suspect how you feel, you feel like that. The more, more every shot weighs on you because that's the only reason you're out there. That's the only point of you there. So you know you've got to make this count, otherwise you're hurting your team. But if you're actually doing other stuff um, that's helpful, that that can take some of the pressure off. That that's my um, arm, literal armchair psychology. Although you haven't well, given me a chair with arms. <laughs> What I did, Simon, um, do you want a, another one of those? Sure, but you have to talk. I'll, yeah, I'll just go grab it. Yeah, yeah. would you Would you grab me a... a Folks, uh, a t- tell me what William says, okay? Well, you're going to love what I've got to say. You can hear me. It's, it's just right oh, there. Right. Yeah. So I've taken, like, any good uh, consultant, Simon. I, I consulted Google for my response... <clears throat> and I went to a little website called positivepsychology.com where they offer 14 tex- techniques and tips for coaches. Uh, and I they, they really only had four on there. I don't know where they got the number 14 from. But I wanted to go through the four uh, tips and techniques that they had for coaches. Because I think... 
I think uh, our buddy Joe Harris could benefit from all four of these. First one, Simon? Yes. Reflection. Mm. Honesty is crucial to reflection. The sports person needs to identify and capture strengths and weaknesses to control their performance through creating a list and scoring out of 10 where an athlete is now and where they want to get to. It's possible to focus mental energy and direct training development and growth. So that's where reflection is so critical to a guy like Joe Harris. That is so consulting. I know. William, you right. are no, right you are living out. your dream. This is just this bullshit you need, to, you need to spit if you want to get paid $100,000 to quote-unquote fix Joe Harris. Ooh, boy, None this, of this would actually do anything. I'm seeing this on a PowerPoint, and right. I'm seeing it clicking, and you right. got your... Your uh, sports code, right? On and, and we're like we're in a in a room small enough where I could like easily uh, project to the entire room, but they give me like the headset, right? That has a Can little microphone. Can everyone hear me? Okay, it. there's eight people here. Why? <laughs> it's you and Joe in a room together. <laughs> Uh, next, my next tip, Simon, it's relaxation techniques. Mm. If an athlete's nervous about competition, it's not necessarily a negative. It shows that the competition really matters to them. However, when nerves take over and damage performance, it can be a problem for the competitor. The challenge is to maintain calm and remain relaxed, enjoy the challenge, and perform their best. <laughs> so what we're going to do, Joe, is we're going to... It's game seven. <laughs> Just relax. Just Why aren't you relaxed, kick Joe? back. <laughs> and when I, hey, when you're empowered with the relaxation technique tools that I'm going to put in your relaxation technique toolbox, Joe, yeah, you're going to exactly. be able... To absolutely kick back in the middle of game. And just seven. a quick one, Joe. Have fun. <laughs> have fun when your reputation is going down the tubes with every mystery. One of the the next one here, Simon, meditation and mindfulness. Mm. It's a practice we could all use, mm. but for an elite athlete such as Joe Harris, it's got to be even more important. It's even more important. <laughs> They're highly effective emotion focused techniques that help the athlete restructure the pressure in their mind. And we we know, as people who have worked with athletes for decades yes, now, yes. Uh, throughout our career, um, that restructuring that pressure, there is scientific evidence to suggest that that's what's necessary to help that athlete perform at their highest level. And that's what we're here to help enable and empower. Right. Final one, Simon, focusing. Absolutely critical. And it's something, it's easy to overlook, right? You're out there, you're, you're unfocused, right? You're, maybe you're seeing the person in the front row eating a chili dog. Right, exactly. That's not focused. That's no. unfocused, no. Joe. We need you focused. Laser focus. <laughs> so while telling yourself to concentrate may encourage you to try even harder, it doesn't inform how to do it or what to focus oh, on. Oh, that's true. Right? Boy, that is true. Focusing must be specific to what you're doing and where you are and involves ignoring distractions. It helps <laughs> no to have shit. a... <laughs> okay, that last part. Sorry. That that was... I was starting to get into like, okay, yeah, it's not just enough to tell yourself to focus. That's interesting. And then they say, and don't don't let th distractions come. Thanks. That's what focusing is. <laughs> it helps, Simon, <laughs> to have a clear goal that you can break down into a set of actionable steps. That's where the consultant comes okay, in. Okay, that's good. right. Yeah, gotta you have get, the steps. Get, the, get a spreadsheet mm -hmm. out. Right. Let's list it out. What are your goals? How can we break them down? And how can we make them actionable? Right. Now, all of this, I'm sure, is extremely easy to process in the split second you have <laughs> when Kyrie Irving passes you a wide-open three-pointer in Game 7, okay? So take those four core principles, those tools we put in your toolbox, Joe, and run fucking did, wild. Did with you that. come up with the toolbox metaphor? That toolbox, yeah, the toolbox metaphor is mine. But that's the, really good, yeah, that's, William. That's you're born, Simon. That's value added. Yes, that is. <laughs> I'm thinking about my toolbox here. Uh, right, could like, use a uh, refresher. Literally, we've yeah. just talked about them all. I can't. I, I can't remember any of these four. Focus, because it's on my screen no. still. But right. But yeah, no. It's just the sort of thing that's like a word. It, we'd it obviously want to turn them right, into an but it acronym. Also seems like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, you know, you turn it into an acronym. It's like all right, chill. Tool. 
T for tailoring your need to the specific situation. <laughs> o, operating in a sense of awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, folks, we are available for consulting. Yeah, Jesus, William is really good at this. <laughs> this is incredible. Right. It's like I'm, it's my like money I'm, for this. It's like I'm totally full of shit. But in a, a really fascinating <laughs> age. Uh, I mean, because, yeah, because those steps, like, they also, they sort of approach something that you think, like, you're like, oh, yeah, that that's true. Where are we going with this? You know, it seems like they understand the problem and they're sort of coming towards a solution. But then, like, the sentence ends and you're like, I don't know that I'm any closer <laughs> to it. Like, I, I, I was there with you and then... Then we just kind of stopped with a bunch of gobbledygook words that don't get me any closer to knowing how to right. focus. What's, sorry, like like uh, Jeff Goldblum in uh, Annie Hall when he's on the phone in the kitchen at that party with his therapist and he goes, uh, what's my mantra again? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, William, um, what's my acronym that I'm supposed, <laughs> to, <laughs> supposed to remember while I'm trying to shoot this through? Uh, okay, so thank you for those questions. They really were yeah, thank you. Uh, very good. And if you liked them, listeners, send us your own. Because uh, we'd love to chat with you about any of this stuff. <laughs> uh, now, however, in order to fully understand what Nets players do in their free time, Simon and I have it on pretty good authority that they frequent a restaurant and bar in Manhattan yes called Oscar Wilde so it's not it's, it's not called Oscar Wilde restaurant it's not called Oscar Wilde bar and grill it's not called ye olde Oscar Wilde it is just named after yeah, right. the 19th century <laughs> poet dramatist prose Ist. Uh, <laughs> Oscar Wilde, you know him, you love him. I think, according to Simon anyway, he did it first and he did it best. He is the Rodin of Victorian letters. <laughs> he is Oscar Wilde, folks. So, for whatever reason, the Nets have taken to going to lovely um, Oscar Wilde. And we are going to go there to try to get a sense of what these folks are doing when they go there. Simon, let's start with a cocktail and or draft beer. What are you going to get? I think I'm going to get uh, the Lady Windermere. Ooh, a play that you enjoy, no doubt? Oh, yes. I knew it was a play, and I Lady enjoyed Windermere's it. fan. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Boy, he was a poet. A woman's name, possessive <laughs> fan. <laughs> that guy could turn a phrase. I couldn't come up with that. Have you ever read Oscar Wilde? No, I you haven't read, read the anyone. importance of being earnest. No, I think you might think it's funny. I I don't think you'd <laughs> like it. I think it's very funny, but uh, but you don't think it's my humor? Um. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Doesn't have as much to do with boogers as I think you like yeah, in, a, in a book. I'm more of a booger guy. Drake's Spice Drum. Mmm. Hibiscus. Well, I'll tell you this, William. I may not like Oscar Wilde, but I do enjoy a drink. <laughs> Especially uh, a rum drink. Lady Windermere. $16. Drake's Spiced Rum. Hibiscus Extract. Fresh, I want to be there when they're extracting from the hibiscus. Fresh mint, front leaves, uh, fresh lemon juice, a light, refreshing, uh, fruit forward libation. Those are their dis- those their descriptors. They've they've snuck in some um, commentary on the uh, ingredients there. Uh, yeah, I am going to go with one of their iconic gin and tonics, all of which are named after bands. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, nitpick this menu, but 
these are just pop bands from the 1960s to the 90s. 90s or yeah, I guess maybe 80s with YouTube. Yes, Oasis yes. was 90s. And the Smiths is 80s. Smiths right? is 80s, YouTube's 80s, Inya's yeah. 90s. Yeah, so 60s to 90s bands. They are from England, so they have that in common with Oscar Wilde, but it's not as if he in any way was like a rock and roller or right. a musician. And U2 is Irish, I believe. Yeah, so. U2 is is definitely Irish. I think Inya may not be from... Yeah. I think she's from uh, Ireland, too. Mm. So, I guess I'll go with the Smiths one, because they're my favorite of the bands listed here. Uh, how soon is now? It's a botanist, which is a type of gin, a very good, um, very herbal type of gin. Uh, citrus bitters, lavender extract, Q elderflower tonic garnished with red rose petals. Wow. That's impressive. Mm. Lime, juniper berries, and two spritzes of rose essence. What would you do if I served you a drink that had literal rose petals floating on I'd top of it? I love it. Okay. I love roses. And can I tell you, William, I would get the What's the Story Morning Glory because I think it is the most underrated Oasis song. Isn't that their most popular song? No, no. That, I mean, that's the album that had their uh, singles on it, but like Wonderwall right. and Champagne Supernova. And, uh, How does that one go? Champagne Supernova? No, what's the, no I know Champagne. A champagne Supernova yeah. in the sky. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, what's the, um, what's the story, Morning Glory? Oh. How does that go? What's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah, that one. Uh, See, okay. you haven't heard it. No, I've heard it, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. D- d- I didn't. I don't think I spent as much time with the album as maybe you did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Which song. is uh, no. I mean, I spent a lot of time with it, but <laughs> well, it maybe my rendition is that good. Ago. Although I don't really think so. I think it was a great rendition. So. I wish I uh, gave a shit about post-production, because I would love to just underlay this oh, with amazing. some Oasis. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that... maybe I'll spend some time. I'll let you and Claire hang out, and I'll just be in here. Sure, sure. That'd be great. Um, okay, now time to get to the dinner. I imagine we're probably going to each want a snack or salad and oh, then shit. get a main a main dish, right? I, forgot, I totally forgot what we were doing. Oh, yeah, we're still going. I put my phone <laughs> away. I was ready to, to start drinking in earnest here. <laughs> yeah, still on the clock. I'll go ahead and pick a snack that I'd like. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'm going to get the truffles arancini and mozzarella for oh, $16. Fantastic. I am a fancy, fancy man when I when I go to Oscar Wilde, just like the Nets are when they go to Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Um, and not a huge truffle fan. Mm. Um, it's good, I, I suppose, but I love an arancini. Yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a fan favorite for me. Me being the fan, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, William, that sounds, that does sound very good. And I, I love truffles myself. Uh, so I'm going to get the tuna tartare. Oh, excellente. Yes. Love uh, a tuna tartare. Yeah, very, very good. That'll be a light start so I can, um, you know, have plenty of room for my main here. For your signature dish, right. I'm going to go ahead and get uh, something that I know Oscar Wilde enjoyed. Uh, fettuccine carbonara. <laughs> Guy could kind of get enough of it in 1880s right? England. <laughs> um... Fettuccine carbonara, pork belly lardon, mm. cured egg yolk, Fresno chili, cervicio parmesan, Calab- Calabrian chili. I'm definitely mispronouncing that. Chili oil. Calabrian? Calabrian? Yeah, I don't know. And chives. Chivos. Chivos. Uh, 25 bucks, so a cheaper one on the menu. I love a fettuccine carbonara. I'm, I, I think carbonara is a... Uh, vastly underrated dish at an Italian restaurant. Okay. I think people kind of look down on it. Yeah, it's well, it's it's like a classic. It's like spaghetti and meatballs almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's way better than spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, what the fuck? Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to get... William, I'm going to go all out. I think this is the most expensive thing on the menu, but I don't care because I'm not buying 
I'm going to get the classic steak and mash. Mm. A 12 ounce, which is a significantly sized steak, I think. Yeah. I think anything above an eight, you're getting pretty big. Pretty good. Um, uh, New York strip steak, red wine, truffle juice. There, there it is with that truffle again. Mm. Mm. Rich and creamy smashed potato and chives. That is, I mean, there's no way I'm not going to enjoy I that. I feel like that's a dish that a lot of Nets players would get at this. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't have a lot of fancy words and No, whatnot. it's just, you know, like a steak is just such a manly thing to do. Yeah. And That's as we know, reason. athletes are very manly guys. Yeah. Um, all right, dessert time, Simon. Oh, yes. We've got a four-option dessert menu with, of course, coffees and whatnots, uh, as well as an after-dinner cocktail, the Ink in Oscar's Quill, which is an espresso martini. Um, so he lived in a time in, in the... It, 1880s, 1890s, when I believe he died in the 1890s, maybe very early 20th century. Um, but in the time when he would be in Paris, when like Toulouse-Lautrec and figures like that were very, very into absinthe. Ah. So I was thinking that Oscar's Quill might have a little of the green fairy in it. Sure, sure. Uh, instead, it it's an espresso martini. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, at least this one isn't associated <laughs> with a 1970s British band. <laughs> the Kinks Quill. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of bouncing around. They they didn't they couldn't come up with Oscar Wilde themed. No, it ran a out lot after of it lady. really. There's like maybe like seven, five, six, seven things. Yeah, on here it that was are... it was limited for mm. sure. But you know what? <laughs> the uh, the population of people who know or care about Oscar Wilde is absolutely microscopic <laughs> at this Thank point. Thank <laughs> God. The man does not understand humor. No, he doesn't get it. He uh, he, he does he hasn't ever seen uh, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel on the man show, so <laughs> he doesn't know what true humor is. That was funny. Yeah. Ziggy sucky, ziggy sucky, oh, ziggy, oh, ziggy, oh. Ziggy, ziggy, ziggy. girls on trampolines. <laughs> that guy died. The Ziggy's out. Of course the, he died. Yeah. Did he die while filming? <laughs> <laughs> that guy could slug him down. He though. could drink really fast. Yeah. I will definitely him. give him that. Apparently, people are upset with Adam Carolla. I mean, mm. <laughs> I think he's got some questionable he's politics. He's a really reactionary right wing figure. Yeah. Is he? Mm-hmm. I thought he was uh, socially somewhat. Oh yeah. Well, he's libertarian. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. Uh, but like, I think he's pretty. Uh, said some pretty offensive vaccination related things. Yeah, he's a libertarian. Okay, I just wanna... okay, okay. Alright, <laughs> yeah, right. we'll move a... on from Adam Carolla, yeah. a guy I have no stake in, thought he was <laughs> kind of good on love lines. He was lines. really good on love lines. You I... gotta give credit where credit's yeah, due. No, he was I, good on love lines. Me and Matthias Gossman Buber listened to <laughs> so many hours of love lines in high school. Right. He provided some 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 high school humor to, to us all, unlike Oscar Wilde. Yeah, and unlike Dr. Drew the yeah. snooze fest also, of the century. Also another quite right conservative right-wing nut. Uh, yeah, yes. yikes. All right. Well, anyway, let's pick from our four desserts That sounds here. good. Uh, what are you getting? Um, well, I, I'm I'm not going to give things away, but I'm going to leave one for you here to, to uh, clean up with. But I am going to get the mango coconut souffle. Mm. Oh, my. Yeah, sophistication redefined. Exactly. Uh, you ever had a mango coconut souffle? No, I have yeah, not. It doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound very good. Very good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's sort of interesting seeming, and I, I know I don't want um, the panna cotta. Right? Yeah. That, that is yuck to me. Yeah, same. Not a, not a panna cotta head myself. Am, however, a tiramisu guy. Yeah. They've got a tiramisu. It's an even 10. Uh, the price is nice, and... <laughs> I'm all in on a the tiramisu. Price is nice. The price is nice. The price is nice. By that is here's something I want to put out here. You know yeah. they've been talking about. Um, you, you turn on the tube these days. Yeah. Like, they're talking inflation. <laughs> oh God! I'm yeah, consumer you, prices are. I'm telling you, dessert inflation predates this. Um, Cutting, cutting the child poverty uh, in half, which is, is fueling this unacceptable <laughs> amount of um, price inflation. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but 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 I'm telling you, desserts in my day, William, yeah, 
it was like five dollars. You'd be so lucky to get somebody who even ordered a dessert that you right. were willing to give it away for five, six dollars. Now, it's ten is like you're praying for a ten dollar. Oh dessert. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, back in my day, Simon. <laughs> Yeah, when an you entirely went, different day when, than you and I. Yeah. <laughs> when you went to a day. restaurant, <laughs> there there was one segment of the restaurant, the menu that you looked at, and that was what entree you're getting. Yeah. There wasn't drinks, right? There wasn't apps, That's right? And there wasn't dessert. That's so you, right. You went out, yeah. You got it. You 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 got an entree. You probably felt a little guilty because it was you know a dollar more than the cheapest one or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and you moved on with your day. That that is exactly right, William. We've become an overly decadent society we have, full of we, appetizers and, we... <laughs> and desserts and cocktails and cocktails and th- I mean, talk about extortion. Those yeah, cocktails. At least put a little lides in that cocktail. Yeah, get a little lides for life, baby. <laughs> I, I really I I gotta find that. Too. Yeah, we. Yeah, that we, was so good. We, we yeah, it shirt. should be the shirt of this show, and we should just <laughs> relentlessly. Instagram, like every week, just the same thing. Us in the eyed shirt. Yeah. At them, tag them, and see how long it takes for one to get a response and two to get a full sponsorship. Because I would love to throw DK under the under the. <laughs> if it meant Saint Ides. Yeah, I would do it. I would absolutely shill for Saint Ides. Uh, they the percent alcohol. Exceeds the ten star rating that I'm giving, <laughs> which is pretty impressive for something that purports to be a beer ish substance. <laughs> uh, so, Simon, if people like uh, consultants, if people like Oscar Wilde, if people like Saint Ides, or if people like DeAndre Jordan, how would you recommend they get in touch with? Fellow travelers such as ourselves. Well, we pretty much dislike almost everything. Every you single like, thing, except but, for the Saint Ides. <laughs> and you like Oscar Wilde. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I mean, at some point in my life, I did. At this point, you know, <laughs> just trying to get a cocktail and dessert. Right. Exactly. Meal. Exactly. Um, send us an email, a lovely email, like our good friend IRL Jay The 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 he's the cream of the crop, but you too can try to topple him um, with an email. Just an email. Maybe, maybe that's time at gmail.com um, or uh, follow us and message us at maybe next time on Instagram and Twitter. And also please leave us five star reviews wherever you uh, found this, um, you know, uh, iTunes or whatever the, the po- Apple podcast is now, now it's called. Has some podcasts That's on. right. We're on Amazon. We're on William Amazon. William got us on Amazon. That should not go unnoticed. Um, Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast we're still on. Yeah. 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 We're Stitcher. We're one of the, the re- remaining few. Yeah, yeah. Old... But it's, it's rough for the Pocket Cast it's, crew out there. Yeah, it ain't great. <laughs> anyway, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Simon, getting to know a little bit more about what kind of summer treats you're into. <laughs> the eclair was a revelation. <laughs> William likes an air conditioner. I do like an air conditioner, and I really like a nutcracker nutcracker. <laughs> I tried to get uh, Fern Gully, my, my mother, to enjoy a uh, nutcracker when we went to the beach with them recently. She didn't want one? At I least think a she, sip, I think she did, but she was a little embarrassed because she would have been the only person drinking I was driving that day. Oh, you so, weren't? Oh, yeah. yeah no, you I can't. Just, oh, that's a bad setup. Yeah, to just give your you know, right. mother and nut her first ever nutcracker and then try to get through the day in a civilized way yeah yeah you should have i mean you know let jesus take the wheel on that one you you uh <laughs> you got a nutcracker it up with your mom yeah no it's true maybe i could ask my dad to drive or something yeah exactly um all right well thank you folks for listening and we will go ahead and uh, see, see ya, ya next, next time. time i was tired of my lady together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read